Parashas Mikais. Now what I'd like to do is explore an idea which many times <coughs> fundamental ideas are camouflaged underneath seemingly innocuous rashes. It's a, it's, it's a skill that, that the Bale Musa had to draw out from Rashi gigantic concepts in our perception of the world and often in dealing with different midot by examining a Rashi and trying to find what's behind it. So let's go to the beginning of this week's Pasha, which is Mikates, and let's examine the verse and then we'll see the Rashi and we'll see how we'll move on from there in terms of discovering perhaps a completely different way of perceiving life. One of, as we stated many times, the goal primarily of Ashir is to be able to shift paradigms and cause ourselves to question the givens of our life, to destabilize, to frustrate, to confuse, to irritate, but in a way that allows a person to have a fresh perspective of self, which in the long term can be extremely liberating if you ever make yourself out of the quagmire of confusion. So Rashi says in his explanation of the first Pasuk, let's read through the Pasuk first. Vayihi. And it was. Vayihi. Mikates shnosayim yomim. At the end of two years of days, interesting expression, ufaroi and Pharaoh choileim, dreamed. Vihinei oimeid al And behold, he stood upon the bank of the river and the verses go on to describe Pharaoh's dream of the seven cows, the full cows, the healthy cows, followed by the emaciated cows. Famous are the dreams of Pharaoh. Let's take a peek at Rashi and see what strange lesson is contained in this first verse. Says Rashi, Vayhi Miketz Ktargumoy you should understand the word kates, which we understood is two words really. There's a prefix me, which means from. Kates means the end. So the word means, and it was from the end of those two years. And we have to know what those two years were. What two years are we referring to? So then Pharaoh had his dream. Says Rashi. So first of all, Miketz means at the end of, the soft, the conclusion. And in fact, Rashi goes on to say that all expressions of Kates, whenever it says Kates, it means the end. Now that's quite interesting because if one takes a more a, bra- a broader version of the word Kates, it comes from a verb which is Liktsots. And Liktsots means to fix or to cut. In it's used in the halachic context of ribis, of charging interest to a fellow Jew, which is prohibited. There's different categories of ribis, of interest. The category which is the most severely prohibited is called ribit ktsutsa. It's fixed. It means at the time when I give you the loan, I fix exactly the amount of repayments and the ribis, the interest you'll be paying me on the loan. You'll pay me, you, you borrowed from me a hundred dollar, you pay me back ten dollar a month plus two dollars for the loan and therefore in the course of the loan you'll end up paying me an extra twenty dollar twenty dollar twenty dollar so Kate's doesn't actually mean end Kate's means fixed 
But Rashi says over here it means end. And that's why he leans heavily on the Aramaic Targum to do that. Now, if I read this Rashi, I think it's interesting Rashi is explaining a word. And no more than that. What's behind the Rashi? So Rabbi Ruchim, the Mashkech in the mirror, Rabbi Ruchim was, was the Rabbi of Ravalbe. Ravalbe was um, the, and he, was, he passed away, I think it was five, four or five years ago, but he was one of the major transmitters of the Musa tradition to our generation, and he was a, sp- a pupil, a Talmud of Rabbi Ruchim. Uh, once when attending his Shmuzim in the mirror, I heard him speak about Rabbi Ruchim on Rabbi Ruchim's, I think it was his, his 60th yard site. Rabbi Ruchim's 60th yard site. So there's a couple of things he said. One of the things he said is he recounts a Shmuz that he referred to Rabbi Ruchim as the Mashgiach. He says, Ech gedeng, the Mashgiach, amol, the Zoktin Shmuz, which means the Mashgiach once said in a Shmuz. And then he went and he said, I think I've got the Pshat in the Shmuz now. Which is both a praise of Rabbi Ruchim and Ravalbi. Rabbi Ruchim's Shmuzim was so deep that you could think about them when you're a huge Talmud Chochem like Ravalbi was for 60 years. And it's a praise in Ravalbi that you think about it for 60 years. The average concentration span of today's generation is 30 seconds. So 60 years is slightly longer. I heard that Shmuz and I thought about it. For how long did you think about it for? At least, at least two and a half minutes. But he lived with an idea and allowed the idea to grow with him. And as he grew, the idea grew and they developed. So Ravalbi always was fond. I heard it quite a few times in Yishmuzim how he used to describe Rabbi Ruchim. And he said it also on his yard site. He recalls when he first came to the mirror as a young Bocha, or maybe a bit older Bocha. He was a little bit older when he went to the mirror in Poland. And he was sitting opposite another bocha eating, eating a meal. And the bocha looked at him, and he looked at the bocha, and the bocha looked to be in his early 30s. And he said to the bocha, said to him, how old are you? I thought it was a strange question, but he replied, I don't know, I've forgotten what he said, 25, 22. And he thought that obviously this was protocol, so he asked the bocha, and how old are you? And the bocha looked at him with a deadpan face, and he said, three. So he looked at the Bacha quizzically, thinking, what is he talking about? And in the pause, the Bacha qualified the statement. He said, it was three years ago, I arrived at the mirror, and I started learning from Rebbe Ruchim. And that's when I was born. And then Ravalbi would add on, after that story, the following comment. And he'd say, Rebbe Ruchim, Chodnish mechanech geven. He didn't educate. He revived the dead. Shabruchim was, 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 he had an incredible talent to bring out the greatness in people that otherwise would have been left as, as living corpses. There's another related story of the Alta Slabotka where he is once sitting by his window and his son-in-law was with him. And um, his son-in-law said to him, Rabbi Isaac Sher, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, that's who his son-in-law was. I don't know if it was him, but I think it was. He looked at him, look, he was staring out the window, and he said, Rebbe, he says, what are you looking at? He says, I'm looking at the base of Kvaris, at a cemetery. He said, Rebbe, he says, the cemetery is far out of town. You can't see it from where you're sitting. He says, oh, what do you mean? He says, come with me and I'll show you. And as the people walked by, he read out their tombstones. He said, here lies person 
very talent because he didn't achieve. Here lies the great, but never made it. Here lies the unbelievable, but never made it. And he had a tombstone for each and every individual who failed to succeed in their potential. So these were people that had the ability to unlock the deep potential contained within us, which is its own schmooze, the greatness that lies within us, certainly within you, Lipschitz. And I don't want you selling yourself short. Because after 120, we don't want to write on that tombstone, the great master of Shas that never quite made it. We want to write the great master of Shas that did make it. Make it. So you just be careful how you use your time, Lipschitz. But get some. That's Lipschitz. The name's purely fictitious. I'm just using that to illustrate the point. You're following me. So Rabbi Yucham says that what's going on over here in this Rashi? Rashi seemingly is making an innocuous point that when it says the word Mikates, it means at the end of. But there's something beneath it. So he quotes a Medrash to elaborate what's going on. He's going to qualify it later on with a, another part of the, of the parasha. And he says that we all know what these two years were, don't we? Well, <laughs> some of us do. For those of you who don't, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the two years were the two years that Yosef was imprisoned. He was imprisoned for two years. And at the end of those two years, at the cate of those two years, so Yosef was let out of prison. At the cate, exactly, exactly after those two years, he was taken out of the prison. When? When Pharaoh dreamed his dream. He had no interpreter, interpreters for his dream. He called, the, sorry, the Tsar Hamashkim, the um, cup bearer, the, the bartender. What, bartender, let's call him a bartender. He organized his booze. He, making contemporary, he told him that I've got this great guy, he's fantastic at dream interpretation. His name's Yosef and he's been in the prison. Take him out. Two years exactly. That's when it happened. So these are the tears of the Yosef was in prison. So now why was Yosef in prison for two years? The Medrash says, because when the Sahamashkin left the prison, Yosef said, please, remember me. Remember me! A little bit like the, the ghost in Hamlet. Remember me! Remember me! Not completely. But he told him to remember and from this, the Medrash deduces that he displayed, and we're not going to go into exactly what that was, on his level, some lack of faith that he would be rescued. Lack of faith. And we'll connect it to what we were discussing previously about opening up the bright side of life with optimism and chesed and trusting in Hashem. But Yosef displayed some level of trust in human, human beings, tenant? tenant, trust in human beings. Like, I trust in you. You can be fully focused, I believe, with a full heart, the entirety of this extremely, fully in the missing word, extremely something sheer, extremely, you said last year's gone, you say boring. <laughs> I was going to put something nice, motivational. Motivational sheer. You can stay motivated for this extremely motivational sheer. Uh, yeah. Stay with me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yosef HaTzadik fell the short. The moment I started looking away, like the, literally the moment I, st I stopped like paying attention. You, I, you are, you are <laughs> upset with me for, for calling you out the minute you would rather. It wasn't a minute; it was like the moment. The moment. Sorry. The moment. So I apologize. You would have liked me to have let you dream for a so few. 
You want me to? Uh, how much? How much time do you want? No, no, no. Tender, how much time do you want? Two minutes? Three minutes? No, no, Just tell good. me. That's good. You don't mind me doing that. Don't mind. Fantastic. How, how do you know? I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. Let's leave it at that. I know. <laughs> Kids are. So he has Yosef Atzadik, and he, he puts his trust in man above God, as it were, and he says, "Listen, Samashkim, you need to help me. I'm in trouble now." And that was on his level some chisorin and imuna lack of faith, and as a result, he got an oinish, a punishment of two years in prison. Now, what's sorry? He said it twice. He said it twice. Yeah. One for every every mention. Remember, remember. So therefore, the medrash comes and says something further. Now, now this way things get a little bit odd. The major says, Kate's Som Lechoshes. I quote the Pasuk from Job. Job, Eov. An end he put to darkness. Zman Nason Lo'olam Kamashonim Yaseh Vafela. The major interprets this to mean that Hashem stipulated the amount of time that the world would dwell in darkness. The world presently is considered a world of darkness. Yes, Feinberg, even America. America! Arizona! Arizona is a world of darkness. <laughs> ah, you'll say to me, but Rebbe, there's no clouds. How can it be dark? Even at night, the glorious moon lights it up. I'll explain to you. Bear with me. Even America, the princess of the modern world, the forebearer, that empire of kindness, is is surrounded by darkness, is floundering in the fog, is muddled up in the mist of evil. As follows. Kate's Psalm Lachoshech, Hashem put an end to darkness. Kodesh stipulated that this period of darkness that we presently within there's no real clarity clarity we're confused the world's confused there's a lot of stuff going on which we can't really put our finger on so this darkness has a limit it's only got a stipulated of time and then that same Midrash says another explanation of this pasuk of it explains that the same verse not doesn't refer to the amount of time allotted for the world to dwell in darkness it's referring to Yosef Atzadik and his Two years of imprisonment. And the second, the end of the stipulated darkness arose, came to, as soon as that stipulated darkness came to an end, immediately Paro dreamt his dream and Yosef was saved from this. There was, it, was, it just came to an end. The question is, what is the underlying concept over here? And this is crucial to understand. But before we go there, let's refer to a different passage, which is a little bit later on. The Pasuk says, when they went to bring Yosef to Pharaoh, they took him out of the pit, which is a reference to um, which is a reference to to the boar, the, the pit is a reference to the prison. But it uses an interesting verb, and they rushed him out, Miloshan rats. They hurried him out of the boar. Where was, why, what was the rush? I understand. Why, why was it so well-timed? The Siporno, sometimes referred to as the Sephorno, 
but we like to call him the Siporno because he came from Italy. What? It's called Sforno? Nah, Siporno! The Siporno, if you ever want to get away with Yeshivish pronunciation, this is crucial. If you say Siporno at the Shabbos table, you've blown your cover, just like that. Because you're basing yourself on the, on the English article version, which has got this big thing emblazoned on the cover, Siporno, and it's Siporno. They do that just to trip up by lecture. <laughs> so it's a common astral ca- tactic. So if you want to get away with it, it's going to be Siporno, and it makes more sense. Taka, he was an Italian doctor. Siporno. Like Livorno. Like other stuff. He explains when it says Vayiritsuhu Minabor, that they rushed him out of the boar. What was a hurry? He says an amazing Yusoid. Kederich kol chuas Hashem. It's like the way of any saving any rescue that Hashem performs Shenasis it's done in a second quotes a verse Ki my, my Yeshua my rescue is just there and then he brings a few other proofs he says when it was Mitzrayim it was to the split second now seems to be this repetition of a theme that there's this exactitude in the minute of rescue to the to the second of rescue to the second of salvation what is the deeper meaning behind it and this is where the Siporna Rebbe explains in both contexts an incredibly powerful idea which gives us new light in the dark and dingy world we live in we have a misperception the way we perceive sorrows, problems the darkness that we experience in life is that it's part and parcel of a evolutionary process and it needs to be worked through and got over with. You see from this a completely different presentation of the existence of darkness in life on the global and the personal scale. Let's think about Yosef Atzadik in prison. He is encountering tremendous suffering. He was a man who was extremely talented and he was literally imprisoned, having nothing to do. And who knows how long, he certainly didn't, his imprisonment could last for. In his mind, he could be there for life. Now, the thought of being imprisoned for life is one of the most petrifying thoughts a person can ever have, especially when you're so multi-talented and you've got so much to offer the world. Even if you're not, you can imagine my father-in-law, Stark, he, he corresponds with prison inmates. <laughs> these aren't his old friends <laughs> there's an organization which sets you up with prison pen pals and um, <coughs> he's, he's spoken he's had like this correspondence and there's one person that he corresponded with that's been in prison can't remember how long but something along the lines of 40 years and I think he got in there when he was 1920 so essentially he's lived his life in prison and the four walls of his cell have been his life. Now, when Yosef was in prison, there was no Supreme Court that he could appeal to, appeal to to get out. So he could be there for the rest of his life. So what was his perception of his suffering? Or, I don't know about Yosef, but let's say we were done, there would be, we were unjustly, Khalila, a person was unjustly put into prison. Or, all of us, have our areas of challenge that we put into different types of prisons metaphorically speaking we put into emotional prisons we put into intellectual prisons we put into family relationship prisons we put into a variety of different prisons now this is amazing Kiddush and we have to see how far we can go with this Kiddush but the presentation that the Rabbi Yuchim says 
is don't think, and this is completely the continuation of our previous topic that we're discussing. Rani, what we were discussing previously was an amazing story that was introduced to us by the Sefer Ikrim, that he said the highest level of emuna is to expect that the good is going to happen. And it's not because you deserve it. On the contrary, your acknowledgement of the fact that you don't deserve it is a praise to the Creator that you are acknowledging His unbounding chesed. The less you deserve it, the bigger Baal chesed He is, Baal chesed is by giving it to you. So the more you trust in it, and the more you realize, I have no reason or rhyme to get this, but I know I'll get it, the greater your level of connection to the etzim nature of the Creator is. In that perspective, it means that we are almost perpetually required to live in this world of absolute optimism. A world where everything is good. But then there's this darkness which enshrouds us. How do we perceive the darkness? Over here we have a clue and a means and a key to unravel the mystery of darkness. The mystery of darkness is not something which is... I'll give you a marshal. Let's contrast Yosef's freedom from prison to what would possibly happen in a normal statutory freeing a prisoner from prison. What would happen is a person's term may come to an end. But it could take days, weeks, even months until he physically left his cell. Because what would happen is you need to get permission from the prison janitor. He has to sign a variety of different pa- papers. And then it could be that the probation office ha- has, officer has to be warned. And it could be that the legal papers take a little bit longer than expected. So therefore there's no, there's no perfect timing in the earthly system to the end of the sentence and the acquittal. To the end of the sentence and the freedom. In the divine system, it's timed to the to the T, to the second, to the millisecond, because as follows, the foundation point is, and this is basically the application of the theme that we've been dealing with all along, is that the core of the world is pure good. The core of the world is pure chesed, the core of the world is pure light. Anything else is a blockage to the reality. It shuts off the perception. But the reality is still there. It's not that, to contrast this with a different perception, that both darkness and and light have their own reality. Darkness inhabits space and light inhabits space. And therefore, to get rid of darkness, you have to work it through because it really takes up place. No, darkness is an illusion, but it's an illusion that we have to deal with when we can't perceive the light underneath. The minute we get to the point where the light is accessible, the darkness disappears in a literal flash. It doesn't exist. The harusha kula ka'ashan tichle to disappear because the rishus has no place the reality of the world and the reality of self is pure goodness and the encumbrances that we suffer which are the trials and tribulations of our daily living of our inner worlds of our external existence are all there for a particular reason measured out for a particular purpose, like Yosef. He had something that he needed to fix up. He needed to somehow correct his small erring in Emuna. So the sentence was precisely defined. You need two years. The second the two years were finished, he was out of the pit. 
he is out of the jail. Because the entire existence of bad is only to facilitate the goodness. The goodness does, doesn't, doesn't disappear. It remains there. And therefore, the minute the time required elapses, it disappears into nothingness. <coughs> the way that the Medrash compares the salvation of Yosef to the ultimate rescue of the entire population of the world to the Geula Shlema is that the exact same process will occur. The time will come and everything will completely turn over. It won't be that there will be a gradual process that slowly but surely will make inroads into expressing the ideas and the truths of Torah to the wider population. In one second the world will do an imprecise about turn. Knowing that the Geula comes at a rega is a fundamental principle of growth, a fundamental principle of perception, and it's the real soid behind the Emunah in Mashiach. The Emunah in Mashiach means that he could come in a second and everything will turn around in a second. The only way things can turn around in a second is because the existence of evil is purely an illusion. It's not a real thing, because if, if it would have roots in the world, you couldn't just disappear it. There'd be nothing left. Because if it has a real if it has real substance, so if you take it away, there'd be this massive hole. In order for the Gaula to be a viable concept, it means that when the evil is removed, the thing remains un, unaffected. The reality remains unaffected. Which means in another way that the good is the ultimate reality of the world and the evil is a perception that just comes with us. Now we have to perhaps explore further what does that mean in a personal context because we all have problems so what does it mean it means that the problems can disappear in a second but that sounds somewhat difficult to to buy because it seems like problems we have the right side of us has to be worked through stage by stage and it does have solid footing in our beings so how does this concept relate on the fact that I am extremely lazy um, I really hold of myself. I'm a big Balgaiva. I'm a Kaisen and I blow up at people. That's just going to disappear in a, f- in a flash. It sounds ridiculous and it sounds certainly not, not, not supported by current psychological theory. So we have to see what the application would be in the journey of self from darkness to light. And let us pause for thought and contemplation. <laughs>